Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. So here we are, toward the beginning of a new day, a new week, and on the brink of a new month and a new year. And as we step into a new year, we we tend to look back on the events uh, that shaped the last one in our personal lives and in the world around us, and and for some, there have been some significant changes, some good, some maybe hard. And we look back on the last month and all the preparations for Christmas um, are now in the rearview mirror. And and this last week, many of you then had, uh, like us, a flurry of activities with families and extended families uh, gathered together. Some of those perhaps got complicated a bit by unpredictable weather or other things that were out of our control. And we look ahead and we wonder, well, just what will 2024 bring? And we begin to plan out our next weeks and months. Well, what's a good way to begin each day, week, and month, and year? Since so much of the future is clearly out of our hands, Prayer is a great place to start each day. And prayer involves in communicating with the one who holds the future for each one of us. Psalm 5 is a morning prayer of King David. And as David began a new day, there were some things on his mind, like there are things on each of our minds from the time we get up each morning. And in this psalm, then, David begins the day by just bringing those various things to God in prayer. And I invite you to look with me, then, at Psalm 5. And maybe um, you might want to even just keep your Bible open in your lap as I walk through this today. And I trust that it can stir each of our own prayer lives as well. So would you stand in reverence to God's word as we read? Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor evil. no evil dwells with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all who do iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. But as for me, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. O Lord, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. There is nothing reliable in what they say. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Hold them guilty, O God. By their own devices, let them fall. In the multitude of their transgressions, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. And may you shelter them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that as we review this psalm today, and we think of the various things that David prayed about, that you would also then 
remind us of, of the things in our lives that we're dealing with and, and where to go with them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> As I understand it, uh, Billy Graham for years used to make a habit of starting out each day with the reading of five psalms in one chapter in Proverbs. And he said that the psalms showed him how to relate to God and the Proverbs taught him how to relate to people. Well, as we look at the first verse of this prayer of David, I noticed something rather interesting about prayer in general, and in this prayer in particular. David's morning prayer here involves crying out to God for help. That's what people do when they reach the end of their own resources, and they find they're still in serious trouble. If they believe in a higher power, then they pray to him for help. And crying out to God for help then sometimes involves audible words. David asked God to give, he, give ear to his words. And he believes that God truly does hear those words. Words of crying out for help. And David dealt with some tremendous challenges in his life. And, and they seemed to have taught him then to call out to God in prayer often. Have you faced some things in your life recently? where you keenly are aware of your own helplessness and you've called out to God for help. Last uh, Monday night, uh, we had some freezing rain in our area. And we were especially thankful all our kids were somewhere safe and not out on the roads in that. Um, but as the night wore on and we were just finishing up our early Christmas Day supper, the power went off at our house and all of the other houses on our side of the street. And... Uh, we reported it to the power company and then found some candles and sat around and waited it out. Uh, within an hour or so, the service trucks came down our street and after a bit, the, the lights came back on. An hour or so later, the power went off again. And after another wait and the service trucks coming around again, the power came back on. Then another hour or so later, as we were going to bed, power went off again. And by this time, we had gotten accumulation of about two and a half inches of rain in our area, and my sump pump hole was no longer dry. It was filling up, and we had no power. Sometime after midnight, uh, nervous about going to bed and wondering if uh, I was going to need to go out to the garage and start my generator, uh, I did some praying using words, uh, praying for the rain to stop and praying for those guys out there in that nasty weather. Uh, fixing the power. Thankfully, the Lord answered that prayer uh, in the way I was hoping. Uh, and uh, we again got the power back on and it stayed on. David, in whatever life situation he was facing, called out to God for help and he used words. Sometimes when we call out to God for help, we use words. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we feel like we don't even know what to say in prayer. And uh, so prayer involves things like groaning and silent thoughts. And it seems that David's drawing attention to that in the next part of verse 1 there. He, he says, consider my groaning, Lord. Uh, in the NIV, it says, consider my sighing. My, my wife tells me that she hears more groaning and sighing from me than she used to hear. Um, I think it has something to do with being over 60 years old. Um, this past year, with the accumulating of decades, uh, I've decided, you know, it's, it's now or never. I've got to do something to be more regular in my exercise. And so I've aimed to be out the door in the mornings between 6.30 and 7 o'clock. 
uh, for a brisk 20-minute walk with some spurts of, of running until I need to quit doing that and walk some more. And if you'd happen to be out on my street um, at that time of the day, uh, you might hear a bit of groaning, heavy breathing, or sighing. Well, David says here to the Lord, Give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my groaning. David knows that God hears it all anyway, and he understands the groans and the sighs as well as our words. And I find it a bit interesting that... um, If you look in the King James Version on this one, it says, consider my meditation. And it seemed to me, well, meditation is quite different from groaning and sighing. And so I looked into the Hebrew word on that further, and my conclusion is this, that it can include all of these things, groaning and sighing, along with meditation, could all be forms of nonverbal prayers. And both the audible word prayers and the nonverbal prayers are prayers in which we recognize then our need for help from above. And when we groan or we sigh, sometimes we're expressing our humanness, our weakness, our tiredness, the frailness of our own earthly body, and our inability to handle the physical strain of it all. And in those moments, it would be good to just turn those sighs and those groans into expressions of our dependency on God to get through another day and follow those expressions and maybe with words spoken to God in prayer as well. I noticed something else rather interesting here at the beginning of this psalm, and that is the word morning comes up twice there in verse 3. So when was it that David begins to pray each day? Well, he doesn't wait very long. He has plenty of problems awaiting him, and so he knows right away in the morning is a good time to start praying. And so... Morning is when those prayers begin, and I especially appreciate in verse 3 here, David expresses both a confidence in that the Lord will hear him when he prays in the morning, and also an intention to make this a pattern in his life. And that basis for that pattern might come even from God's Old Testament instructions um, regarding the pattern for worship in the tabernacle and in the temple, where daily sacrifices were offered at the tent of meeting um, in the morning and then again at twilight. You see, prayer to God is sometimes even described in scriptures as a sacrifice to God. Like the smoke from a burnt offering went up, so the prayers of God's people rise up to God, so to speak. And David ends this first section of this psalm with a statement of not only ordering his prayer to God each morning, but also then eagerly watching for an answer. He has a confidence that God is able to take care of his requests and will answer his prayers. This concept that is described here of a morning watch is something that's kind of interesting to me because a daily devotional guide I've used for some years is called Daily Text. And the Daily Text was first printed and published in Hernhut, Saxony back in 1722 and it has been printed every year since then. It began with some refugees from Bohemia and Moravia who were given land in Saxony, Germany by Count Nicholas von Zindendorf. And the settlers found that a daily pattern of morning and evening devotions from God's word that they shared together kept them in a good frame of mind and also getting along better with each other. And thus began this pattern of having a watchword for the day, a verse for the day, Um, that the whole community would keep before them as they went through their day. 
Well, David's morning prayer here involves crying out to God for help, and that's significantly what prayer is. I think of Oli Hallisby describing prayer as simply helplessness or telling God in which ways I am helpless today. And that's something that might be beneficial for each of us to do. Just remind ourselves of our helplessness and ask God for help in those various areas of our life. Prayer also involves, here as we look on in this psalm, um, worshiping God by reflecting on who he is and speaking to him about his attributes. In verse 2, he describes him as my king and my God. Now this is King David speaking. He's a powerful king of a nation, and yet he realizes that he is weak, and he realizes that he has a king that is over him. God is king over him, and, and God is strong. Would that all governors and presidents and kings would remember that too. And how about you and I? Do we recognize our weakness and our need to look to God as, as the one who is king over our lives as well? As we look in verses 4 to 7 here, it, it almost sounds like in these verses that David's reminding God of who he is, just in case God has an identity crisis or something. That is certainly not the case. He, he knows who he is. But it is appropriate to pray to God like this because God will never do anything that is inconsistent with his character. And David recognizes here then about God that he is the Holy One. No evil can dwell in God's presence, and those who proudly boast will be humbled by him. And in verse 5 and 6, then it says that he hates all who do iniquity. He abhors those who shed innocent blood and those who live by deceit. You know, sometimes people seem to think that they can kind of put on a good show with their life and fool everybody, maybe even including God. But God is not fooled by any man or woman. <clears throat> Reminded of an illustration from years ago. Um, back in the days, how, how many of you remember when we only had landlines for phones? Okay, some of the younger generation might not understand this, but this is interesting to me. Um, th there was a young businessman who started uh, a, a company and he rented some beautiful office space and, and decorated it with uh, antique furniture and so on. And, and uh, he had just gotten some of that set up and he saw a man come into the outer office and, and he wanted to impress the guy. And so um, he picked up his phone and he started to pretend he was making a big business deal. And he talked about millions and millions of dollars. And then, after a while of that, he hung up the phone and he asked the guy, can I help you? And the guy said, yeah, I'm, I'm here uh, to activate your phone lines. <laughs> the phone company employee saw right past this man's facade, and so does God. He sees right into our hearts. And he will deal with us in eternity on how we have dealt with him in this life. What does that mean for you and I? It means it's best for all of us then to admit our sins and that we actually deserve the wrath of God. All of us have sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. All of us at some point have known the right thing to do and we've done the wrong thing instead. And that's sin against God. It's, it's wickedness. And God takes no pleasure in wickedness. And he asks of us that we humble ourselves and are honest with him about our sins. David recognizes that that is true. He also sees this. So in verse 7, and this is something very good to know about God, he says, 
But as for me, your abundant loving kindness, or by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence for you. Bowing in reverence before him is recognizing his own sinfulness, but also then knowing that God is full of loving kindness. And we know from the New Testament of the greatness of God's love for mankind. We're especially reminded of that during the Christmas season as we think of the great gift that God has given us in his Son. For God so loved the world that he gave. God's Son, Jesus Christ, came to this earth to take on himself our punishment for our sin when he died on the cross. And because of Jesus, then we can know forgiveness of our sins and we can know eternal life. And because of Jesus, then we also have the privilege of coming right into the presence of Almighty God in prayer. The one who dwells, as David describes it here, in a holy temple. But there, in the presence of God, we can make our requests. Well, so far in this psalm, we've seen that David's morning prayer involves crying out to God for help. It involves worshiping God and reflecting on his attributes and and bowing before him. As we look at verse 8 here, we see him also uh, requesting God's help for himself. And two requests as David looks to the future. He says, lead me. David realizes he doesn't always go the right way or know the right way to go. And so he needs a leader. And he asks God to be that leader for him. And then he says, make your way straight before me. That is, Lord, make your way clear for me. And praying this way involves in a surrendering of our own will. It involves being willing to say to God, your plan, not mine. E. Stanley Jones said this, prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God in cooperation with that will. And then he describes it in this way. He says, if I throw out a boat hook from the boat and catch a hold of the shore and I pull, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? And he says, prayer is not pulling God to my will, but it's aligning of my will to the will of God. And so for us, then, it's appropriate for us to pray as we begin each day, God, make my way straight and in line with your will. A couple more things that David's morning prayer involves as we look on here, verse 9 and following, um, and and includes then requesting that God would deal with his enemies. And and this is something that we aren't always sure to know how to even pray about. Uh, David here is recognizing that his enemies are also enemies of God, And he points that out in verse 5. You hate all who do iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. You abhor the man of bloodshed and deceit. And he talks in verses 9 and 10 here uh, of ones in whom there is nothing reliable in what they say. Boy, as we look around these days, there's so much deception and manipulation going on. It's hard to know who to trust. Well, David encountered plenty of that in his life. But beyond that, he had people that even sought to take his kingdom and his very life. And so he prayed concerning those things. And he said, Lord, hold them guilty, the wicked, the flatterers, the liars. Don't don't let them get away with it. Let them fall on their own devices. Thrust them out. David knows that God is able to do just that. And so he leaves this with God to deal with. He doesn't take his own revenge, but he leaves that with God. And that's what we need to do, too, regarding those who would be our enemies. And as we look at verse 11 here, David also then is requesting God's help for others. And as we experience God's help in our own lives, uh, we we then want that for others as well. And and so it's natural to pray for them and intercede on their behalf. 
And, and I think 11 here is just a great prayer to pray for other believers, no matter what they're going through. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. And may you shelter them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. Three simple things to, to pray for our loved ones here. As they take refuge in you, may they be glad. Whatever difficulties your loved ones are going through, God, may they take refuge in you today and be glad. And then may they sing for joy, not just now but forever. Uh, our heart concern for them is for their, their eternal soul to know God in this life and also then to spend eternity with him in heaven where they will sing forever his praises. And so we pray for that. And then thirdly, Lord, shelter them. Shelter provides protection in inclement weather. When we had that freezing rain last week, though our power was off for a little while, I was, I was just glad to be inside my house and not one of those guys out there trying to fix this um, or not be homeless. Shelter is a great thing. And as our loved ones go through storms of life, our prayer is that God would protect them or that he would shelter them. He would be a shelter for them. And then David ends this psalm in this morning prayer by expressing his confidence in God. Verse 12, For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. You bless the righteous and you surround him with favor. Well, biblically, who are the righteous? They are those that recognize their own unrighteousness, their own sinfulness, and live in daily repentance and faith in their Savior Jesus Christ, trusting in his righteousness. And what better do, way to do that than to begin each morning with a morning prayer? C.S. Lewis said this, I thought it fit well. He says, the moment you wake up each morning, all of your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And, and, and the first job each morning consists in shoving it all back and listening to that other voice taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. That's what happens in prayer. And then this quote from John Bunyan. He said simply this, He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Now, God will be available to us throughout the day, no matter who we are, no matter what we're going through, but we often will find ourselves too busy to call on him. And so, John Bunyan reminds us, start the day with him. Let's pray. Well, Lord God, we just give you thanks for your word today and, and, and for the Psalms, Lord, as they are something we can relate to in the various challenges we face in our own lives. We thank you for David and, and his vulnerability and the things he shared in this prayer. And, and Lord, we pray that you would help us as we look into this next year and, and we have all kinds of anxieties about things in our in our land and maybe in our own personal lives as well lord or and for those that we know and love uh, lord may we begin each day looking to you and knowing that we can have confidence in you that you will be with us in all that we go through and lord we thank you that in jesus there's forgiveness of sin and eternal life and that we can have that eternal perspective even as we go through the challenges of this life and Lord, I pray that you'd help each of us as, as we go about our days, that uh, we would be lights shining in this community to point others to the hope that we have. 
And Lord, we ask your continued blessings on families that are gathering uh, over the holidays and, and traveling back soon. Um, Lord, go with them. Direct their ways. May they look to you for that. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.